Hi there. Welcome back to the 4-H podcast. I'm so excited to welcome Elizabeth Johnston to the 4-H podcast today to tell us all about the new 4-H projects coming to you in 2022. There are two new projects and one project update that will be released at the end of February. Brand new project number one is technology and the world around us. And brand new project number two is innovation and entrepreneurship two great projects that 4-H Ontario identified as key learning opportunities for youth across the province. We are also releasing an updated GOAT project that along with many other livestock-related projects includes five years of learning. And to boot, a Cloverbud unit on each of these topics will also be released so our younger 4-Hers can get a taste of these great new projects too. Today, Elizabeth, our Coordinator of Programming and Resources, is going to tell us more about each of these projects and the fun you can expect to have leading or participating in these projects. Hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to 4-H for You, where we hope to inspire you to use your head, heart, hands, and health to best serve yourself and others each and every day. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about our new project releases and a project update. I'm so excited to hear all about them. Yes, well, thank you for for having me. It's wonderful to be here and to be able to talk about the the new projects and the updated project that that we have that are being released this year. So I'm quite excited to be here and talk about it. Awesome. So first, I'll kind of pass over the mic to you and you can tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your role in creating these new projects and the project updates. Sure. So my name is Elizabeth Johnston, and I am the Coordinator of Programming and Resources with 4-H Ontario. So one of my main roles uh, with 4-H is creating new uh, project material and working uh, at updating other projects as well that that we have, and and coordinating that whole process. The process of uh, creating or updating a project is actually almost a two-year process from start to finish. For some of the projects, we we hire a contract writer to to write the the project, and and sometimes I am the the project writer. And uh, so we, we write a project, we create the first draft, it then goes out to our advisory committee, which is comprised of people that are familiar with, with the industry that we're writing about and creating the project for those who have led a similar type project in the past, and they provide feedback for us. Uh, the projects are also piloted with a, a 4-H club so that we get the feedback um, and they test out the material and the activities. And then after that, uh, once we've done our final editing, it goes for design and then it's ready for release. And just as our, our three projects are that we're going to talk about today. Thank you for sharing, Elizabeth. I don't think you always see how much work goes into the back end of creating these new projects. So it is really a two-year process to be able to do this. And there's so many different pieces, including a 4-H club and doing the pilot project and having the different drafts and the advisory committee. So there's so much work that goes into the back end of these. And we are so appreciative of all the time and attention to detail that you have into these projects. And we're, we're also very appreciative to be able to have advisory committees and have 4-H clubs that, that pilot these projects for us because they provide some really valuable information for us to make sure that we're hitting the mark with these projects because these projects will have a long shelf life. So we want to make sure that these projects are going to be relevant for our 4-H members and 4-H volunteers for, for many years to come. For sure. So in 2022, we are releasing two new projects. Technology and the world around us is the first one, and then innovation and entrepreneurship is the second. And then we also have an update to the GOAT project, correct? 
That's correct, yes. So maybe we'll start with technology and the world around us. If you could tell us a little bit about what this project is. So this project looks at a wide variety of, of various types of technology. And, and the project has a bit of a focus on the agri-food industry. There, there's so many different topics that, that we could look at within technology. So we did narrow it down a little and look at those various technologies that, that are used to produce the food that we eat. And then from there, this project can be taken pretty much in any direction. A lot of the technology that's used within in the agri-food industry can be used in many other industries as well. So there's a lot of application within this project and you can see a lot of different careers that are associated with technology that could be connected with the agri-food industry, but could be a part of, of many different industries as well. Right, and I think we had a really great conversation about this in one of our previous podcast episodes and we were talking about STEM and really how technology is in so many aspects of our lives. So this project is so, so, so important. And could you tell us who the sponsor of this project is? For sure. We have a couple of sponsors with this project. We have uh, the Stanley Knapp Fund is one of our sponsors and then also Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. And then as with all of our projects, we also have OMAFRA uh, behind us as well. So the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. That's wonderful. And so could you tell us a little bit more about why we felt it was necessary to create this project? We did a bit of a scan of 4-H projects across Canada and, and even in North America, and we really couldn't find a project that was quite kind of what we were we were thinking of when we were looking at technology and what emerging technologies were. And we know that there are 4-H clubs out there that want to learn about precision agriculture and, and some of the technologies that, that are emerging. And it is a project that it's very current, it's very relevant. Each and every day we, we hear about more technology that is becoming available for us to use and it's become a part of our everyday lives. It was a project that we really wanted to focus on and, and bring to our 4-H members. And as I said too, with this project, it does have a bit of an, it does have an agri-food focus to it as well. One of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals is zero hunger by 2030. And one of the ways that agriculture can help towards that goal, and there's a lot of moving pieces in order to try and to reach that goal of, of zero hunger by 2030. But agriculture does have a part to play in that and, and technology has a part to play in that as well. Farmers over the years have been very good at, at adapting and, and making sure that they're as efficient as possible and technology can help in some of those aspects. And so this project looks at some of that technology in order to do that, both from a cropping perspective as well as from a livestock perspective. And the, the project also covers things like cybersecurity because no matter which type of technology we're using, that's always a concern and making sure that we're using this safely and that information is stored safely. And then the project also looks beyond the farm gate and transport and things like packaging and retail and all those sorts of things. So it does really cover a lot of industries within the agri-food industry. Right. That's so interesting. I know we'd spoke in this podcast a couple of weeks back. One of the things that United Nations has identified as a way for them to reach those goals is through youth in STEM. So really something that hones in specifically right around this project is really interesting. Could you tell us about some of the topics that are included? With, within this project, like you say, there's so many different areas that can be covered. And even 
just within agriculture, looking at things like uh, genomics, whether it's for crops and creating new hybrids of crops that can be grown in different climates that maybe in the past couldn't be. Things like corn and soybeans used to be grown more towards the south, and now we find them in, in more northern climates because we've created hybrids that grow with less growing days or less heat units. Also things like weather monitoring and things like that, new technologies within the horticulture industry. And sometimes within agriculture, labor can be an issue as well and, and finding enough labor. So it's one way that technology can help. It definitely it can't replace the human contact that, that we need within agriculture, but it can definitely help. And then when we look on the, the, um, the livestock side of things, things once again with genomics and being able to breed uh, livestock that is, is more efficient. There's research out there now for, for breeding livestock that produce less methane. So are, are helping with carbon emissions and, and those sorts of things. And, and also even going back to the crop industry, looking at things like carbon sequestration with, within agriculture, looking at robotics. We find that in both livestock and in crop within livestock, whether it's milking cows, feed, manure management, gathering eggs. There, there's just, there's so many different things. There's, there's even technology out there to help with moving livestock so that it's safer for the handlers. So they're, they're not in as much direct contact with with the livestock. And then on the crop side too, there's a whole like exciting area of autonomous tractors and, and looking at elect, electric tractors as well and, and how to make that work within the agriculture industry. So there, there's a lot of exciting things out there and a lot of things that are emerging, even from the time we started writing the project till now, there's been new things that have come out. And, and so we've tried to add those into the project, but we also hope that the project really kind of sparks some interest in our youth that they'll go out and they'll seek out and, and learn more about the new and emerging technologies and, and maybe find a career within this industry as well. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting part about this project. It's more than just about the topics that are listed in it, but it's an avenue or a way for people to spark conversation about all of the things that are going on and the way that technology impacts their lives in so many different ways. Exactly. And, and then even, even looking at the new technologies when it comes to transporting livestock and, and traceability, which we sometimes, those of us in agriculture think of when it comes to livestock, but there's also traceability of our food and in the, in the grocery store and being able to know where our food came from and then packaging that helps with knowing if food, if it's still healthy and that, or if it's starting to spoil and things like that. And, and all just different types of packaging and, and things that we would never maybe even have dreamt of and that, or it, it seems kind of sci-fi and out there, but, but they're becoming reality and they're appearing in our retail stores now. For sure, for sure. Would you be able to give us an explanation of one of the activities that 4-Hers could expect in this project? Well, one of the activities and that since the project does look at some robotics within agriculture, but it could be pretty much any industry um, that the robotics would be applicable to. And so actually one of the activities is actually building a, a, a robot. It's called actually a noodle bot. So it actually doesn't have very many items that are needed, but uh, basically it's a, a, a toothbrush, a pool noodle, and some markers. And you actually create a, a noodle bot that will actually draw for you. So it's it's a very basic robot, but it is an introduction in, into robotics. And then there is actually a step two more for senior members or, or members who have been uh, working with robots for, for a little bit and, and understanding the basic concepts. And it's actually an ecobot challenge. The scenario is, is that there's been a toxic spill at a beach and it's too dangerous for humans to go 
and to, to contain the spill. So you need to build a robot that's going to be able to do it. And, and it gives some guidelines on, on how that might be done in order for, for the group to be able to, to create the robot. So just a bit of an introduction and, and into how technology sometimes becomes developed and innovation within technology. Oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to see all the photos <laughs> from when people do this. <laughs> and I love that there's two parts to it. So something that could maybe be more applicable to those junior 4-Hers, but then it takes it to that next step for the seniors. That's really <laughs> awesome. Exactly. That's really cool. And very thoughtfully prepared for all 4-Hers. And it's nice, actually, the, the senior activity, and it's nice that as, as 4-H, we share as well, and that uh, the senior activity actually came from the 4-H Council in the United States. So we do share back and forth with some of our activities in that too. So it's, it's wonderful to be able to have those activities for our 4-H members to learn from. Yeah, that's great. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the Technology in the World Around Us project? I can't think of anything more other than I, and then I do really hope that our, our 4-H members do enjoy this project and, and will learn something. And like I say, it's always emerging. And, and so some of the activities in there are to help explore what technologies are emerging in the upcoming years. That's great. So I think we'll move on to our next new project. That's the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Project. Could you tell us a little bit about what this project is? For sure. So as you said, it is a brand new project as well. And it was created to help uh, familiarize 4-H members with the concepts and ideas that are associated with innovation and entrepreneurship and just exactly what each of those, those words means. And so it helps members learn through both, both observation and hands-on learning, which is a part of all of our 4-H our projects to learn about that entrepreneurial spirit and the attributes and the skills that, that can be applied not only just with within innovation and entrepreneurship, but how you can apply those skills within the workplace, at school, or, or within your community. I really like that it's got those different pieces where people can see, is it applicable to me during school, during work, uh, during a volunteer or throughout a volunteer position, whatever it may be. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And who is the sponsor of this project? Sponsoring this project is the Grand River Agricultural Society. Wonderful. And what was the driving force behind creating this project? We know our 4-H members are very creative, they're very knowledgeable, and they're enthusiastic. We know that they have a lot of great ideas as well. So we wanted to have a project where we could have them take those ideas and be able to, to formulate and make sure that they have the skills to be able to go forward with those projects and also to understand what innovation and entrepreneurship means because they are two different things when we look at it and yet sometimes they kind of get interchanged with each other but with innovation it's looking at building those things having an idea looking at their community looking at society is there a problem is there an issue that we can create something whether it's to build something whether it's an idea that might help to be the solution to a problem so those people they're the ones that are innovators they're kind of the, the builders and, and the ones that, that are the idea of people. Then we have our entrepreneurs that kind of take it to the next level where they take whatever that idea is or that they've built in that concept, take it and either commercialize it or put the idea into motion and that bring it to reality. And sometimes innovators and entrepreneurs are the same person. They take it right from the beginning and right straight through. Sometimes 
an innovator and an entrepreneur are two different people, but they work together to get that idea to the general public. So this project really helps with that skill building and assessing what those needs are. The project works at, at critical thinking and creativity, assessing those opportunities, and then also looking at the social needs of society and what is it that society needs and making sure that we're creating what it is that society needs and wants. Right, right. And I totally agree that oftentimes those words can get used interchangeably, but there is such a difference between the two. And I think that's really neat that throughout this project, you can kind of see the difference in the two of them, but also see how if they do work together. For sure, yeah. And to help our 4-H members understand too, that they might fit in in one category or the other, or they, they might do both and have an idea and take it straight through to fruition. Now, could you tell us a little bit about some of the topics that are included in this project? A lot of it is building the skills that are needed throughout the project. And so that's what the project does is each meeting kind of builds on the skills from the meeting before. So working on some of those skills and learning not only steps of innovation and creating a, an item and the resources that are out there to help. Um, there's innovation hubs and and that sort of thing right here in Ontario, through to the steps of being an entrepreneur and learning how to market products and services and learning how to, to sell some of these products and, and ideas as well. It's really a progression, learning those skills and building upon them, and then doing some hands-on activities to kind of solidify those skills and, and be able to take those ideas forward. That's very cool. And could you give us an example of one of the activities that are included in this project? For sure. So one of the things that this project really wants to stress and, and work on is creativity within our 4-H members. And we know our 4-H members are very creative. So this project includes activities to help develop that creativity and to know what to do with their ideas as well. So one of the activities has members work in pairs or in groups and they're given an item. So it could be like a bar of soap or coat hanger or candle or wooden spoon. It could be anything. And they have to come up with eight other uses for that item other than what its original intention is for. So like of a bar of soap, maybe it could be a hockey puck. The sky's the limit. And one of the things this project wants to stress is that no idea is a bad idea. And that kind of everything is on the table. And especially when working with pairs and in groups and that, knowing that it's a safe space to throw out any idea, first of all, and with the rest of the group. And it may seem like a silly or an off the wall idea, but down the road, maybe it's not quite so silly or off the wall. It might actually be something that might catch on or it might spark somebody else and to give them an idea of something that, that maybe could come from this. And, and so just to see the progression of creativity and kind of opening their eyes as to what the possibilities are and the opportunities that are out there and to get them thinking like an innovator and an entrepreneur, that guy's the limit idea. Oh, that's so fun. I would love to be a fly on the wall within one of those four <laughs> Yeah, that's super fun. And like you said, it really sparks that out of the box thinking and gets the gets your mind thinking that way, like, like an innovator and an entrepreneur. Exactly. That an idea that might seem kind of bizarre might actually be the next great idea. Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add about the innovation and entrepreneurship project? 
So these projects are for our 4-H members that are 9 to 21 years old. We also have a clover bud program for 6 to 8 year olds. And with each of the projects that we're talking about today, technology and the world around us, the innovation and entrepreneurship and GOAT that we're going to talk about next, we create a clover bud unit for each of these as well. So kind of a complementary to the project itself. And the clover bud units are sponsored by Syngenta as well as the project sponsor for each uh, individual project. And so it gives our clover bud members an introduction to each of these topics and that, and gives them a little bit of a taste of what's to come when they become a 4-H member when, when they're nine to 21. And also to kind of start that creative uh, enthusiasm in our, in our Cloverbud members as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I, there was a, a podcast episode, every, anybody else who's what, listening to this is going to have to go back and listen to our one about youth in STEM. One of the volunteers talked about a time that they were a guest at a Cloverbud meeting and they had all the kids learning about the slime and, and they had them all yelling about how excited they were. And so it's really neat to give the Cloverbuds that opportunity to so those were our two brand new projects. And the last one here that you guys have been working on is the GOAT project update. Could you tell us a little bit about why you felt it was necessary to do this update? We have a GOAT resource currently that our leaders and members are using, but it is quite dated. As with a lot of our, our livestock projects, they are quite large because there's a lot of different topics within our livestock projects. And the GOAT project that we currently have, there's a series of three manuals and they were created between 1998 and 2000. So they're 20 to 22 years old, plus the information that in, is in them will even be older than that as the projects were created. The GOAT industry has changed in the last 20 years and that there are some things that are the same. The physiology of a goat doesn't change, but things like advances in nutrition and housing and even the code of practice for goats and new protocols for health treatment have changed. So we were really excited when Gailey Foods Cooperative came forward with funding to be able to help us to update this project. Yes, that's great. And could you tell us a little bit about a couple highlights from this project update? For sure. So this project, it's actually really five projects in one. So as with a lot of our livestock clubs, we have members that take these clubs year after year. So each year could be a different topics. As I said, there's five projects under the umbrella of GOAT. So there's health, there's nutrition, there's housing, there's a unit on breeding, genetics, and showing. And then there's also one on business and marketing. And within each of those topics, there's a full six meetings. As example for nutrition, there's a lot of different areas. And within the goat industry, there's goats that are used for milk productions, for meat production, and also for fiber. So the different types of goats require different types of nutrition, those sorts of things. So there's a lot to cover within this project. And one of the nice things with this project as within any of our livestock projects is that you don't have to have an animal in order to take the project. Um, we know a lot of our projects, the members do have an animal that they do show locally in their, in their own achievement day, and then sometimes a county and regional and provincial. But this project, uh, members can take and learn about the goat industry without having to have an animal as well, because there is so much to know about goats. And like I say, you could take it for five years and, and do a different topic each year within the project. Right. So each of those topics you mentioned, say that could be their first year. And then the next year they may talk about the, you said marketing and so forth. And yeah. 
those kinds of things. Oh, okay, that's really interesting and great. So if somebody wanted to participate in it five years in a row, they technically can still learn new things every single year. For sure, definitely that there's there's different topics that they can and, and a lot of clubs will do that they one year they'll say focus on housing the next year it's nutrition and, and so it's one of the beauty with our livestock projects is, is that there is so much to learn within each livestock. And I mean, I guess on your part, that takes a lot of time and research and lots of information behind the scenes work. So we're so very appreciative of all you do, Elizabeth, to help bring these projects to life. For sure. Well, and I'm appreciative too of the project writers that we have for the GOAT project. Robert Matson was our contract writer and did a fantastic job. There was a lot of information to go through for writing this project. And as Miss, I didn't say for the innovation and entrepreneurship project, our project writer for that was Diane O'Shea, and she did a fantastic job as well with taking this topic and, and creating a 4-H project for us. For sure. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to add about the GOAT project? I think just that there's a lot of uh, great activities within that project. The activities, they're very hands-on. Um, some working with goats and learning about the, the various aspects of the goat industry, but also there's a lot of activities in there that don't require an animal. And sometimes it doesn't seem like a, a really big activity, but there's a lot of learning within the activity. And one is um, activity, even just looking at the importance of water and that for, for our livestock. And, and this one is more of a visual activity but within a goat, a goat industry. If for goats that are, are being milked, they require a lot of water every day and that they're producing a lot of the milk every day. And so goat requires 46 liters of water a day. So one of the activities is just actually filling a barrel with 46 liters of water to see how much water a goat needs to drink. In, in a typical day. And then from there, the activity can get bigger and bigger as well to look at how much water does a cow drink. So, and it's 105 liters of water. So you figure that a regular water bottle is about 500 milliliters. So for a goat, that's 92 water bottles a day that they would need to drink. So just even things like that, that we maybe don't think of when, when we're talking about livestock and something that sometimes seems as simple as just having water available. It's so important for our livestock and, and for our goats and, and making sure that not only there's enough water there, but that it's good quality water. So many different topics and areas to learn about with livestock. And, and like I say, there's, there's something different every year for over the course of five years. And on year six, and that you go back to the first topic and, and I'm sure there's there's even more that could be learned. Holy moly. Well, that's my fun fact for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that also does not makes it seem like nothing that we're supposed to drink the, our two liters or whatever it is a day. That doesn't that I think seems manageable considering that a cow needs over a hundred liters of water a day. Holy moly. Yeah, a cow that's being milked, yeah. She she needs a lot of water. <laughs> fun fact for the day. <laughs> Oh, well, that was so great. Thank you so much for sharing all about these great projects that are coming to you guys in 2022. Again, it's going to be technology and the world around us, innovation and entrepreneurship, and an update to our GOAT project. So thank you so much for sharing all about these, Elizabeth. We so greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Laura.